This meeting is being recorded. Oh, that's new. No, that is new. Right. Here we go. We're live. We're live. <laughs> Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Nerdy Up North podcast. It's a nerdy podcast hosted by Northern Nerds. I am one of your hosts, Sam. And I'm the other host, Paul. And we are joined by two of our team podcasts, Grant, who everyone is very familiar with. And we have a returning uh, character in Michaela, it's been it's been a while. It's not we've not been, been on since while. been since the Disney episode. Is that correct? I think so. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> There's not and... much specialties. Apparently, Disney and serial killers. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's probably got a lot. Of, a lot of goes hand in hand these days with, with them, that aspects. But yes. Um, so um, this is part of the spooky season, and we're in full full for of that now since we've done uh, the Freddy uh, debacle <laughs> that was last week. Uh, that was fun. It was yeah. and YouTube kind of trying to give us a naughty tuck down and let us come back up which was confusing as hell but yes <laughs> um, so we are going to do this episode all about uh, serial killers so this is going to take a different beat to our normal episodes where we talk about fun things we like and things we enjoy I don't think this is going to go down the same route, but but I think it'll be, like I say, an interesting topic to get into. So um, I'll let Sam do a little bit out the way that she gets very excited for each week. Oh, Michaela's not been here for this one. <laughs> <laughs> don't look too scared. I do like your Sasha Velour picture behind you, though. Um, just a quick one, just, just quickly before we get into the nitty gritty of this week's episode. How are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Michaela, how you doing? Michaela, how you doing? How am I doing? I'm all right, thank you. <laughs> what you been up to? What you been watching this week? Um, I watched Hocus Pocus two mm. yesterday, and I thought it was absolutely incredible. Loved it. I thought it hit every nostalgic hit it should. I thought it was quite still an original film. It was fun. It made a smile. I absolutely loved it. Maybe. And it got right in the, the mood for uh, autumn and that because I am not a fan of this time of year. Oh, why not? Just, well, I don't like horror films, mm-hmm. <laughs> really. I hate The Dark Nights. It gets <laughs> very depressed. So I'm kind of trying to embrace it. Candles, nice horror <laughs> things like witches, which I do like. Witches and everything spooky. Yes, I did watch Hocus Pocus 2. And as I said, I did enjoy it. But as me and Michaela had a discussion last night through Instagram, it needed more talking cats. I'm sorry. It, it felt I it was like. I strongly lacking. disagreed about it. <laughs> <laughs> we are yeah. very opposite to me and you. <laughs> Someone who was born in the summer and loves the winter, and the other one born in the winter and loves the summer. Yeah. We are very strange. What about you, Grant? Have you, have you watched anything interesting? Uh, the, the one that I was looking forward to the most this week was the new Hellraiser film. And, oh, right. um, oh, and? It, it's a film. Um, definitely. It's, it's um, a film. <laughs> <laughs> is that what you just said? It's a film. <laughs> yes, that is what I said. Um, I, you know, I could give a little review, so to speak, but it would need spoilers. Um it's all right, and that likes horror, that likes a little bit of gore and a little bit of um, kind of cerebral horror would do well by it. But it's it's very different. What we know and love, and very different to what we know and hate from a lot of the sequels. 
Um, but I'll take it on face value. I've got a massive crush on Pinhead now. <laughs> With an out, like I said, being the, the female version, or like I said, Andronless version, now we assume it's saying. That would probably be the best Still way. Pop, mate. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Either way, you're not bothered. <laughs> <laughs> um, next year, I think what I've watched, I watched um, probably something that we're going to talk about in a, like a few weeks when it comes to the werewolves, werewolves episode, uh, Werewolf by Night, which was easily one of Marvel's best things they have produced and did for a long, long time. It was entertaining. Um, it was proper old school. If the thoughts that Doctor Strange uh, multitude of crapness was uh, uh, basically the, Marvel's first horror film, that was quite wrong. This was Marvel's first venture into horror and they've done it brilliantly. I am going to watch it. Um, I watched The only thing that exciting I watched this week was She-Hulk. Oh, yes. She-Hulk. <laughs> oh, my got- God. That episode was amazing. <laughs> Yes, we got uh, Matt actually not being all dark and brood and actually being quite charming, happy-go-lightly and just looking like he was enjoying life for once, which is yes. quite nice to see for Matt Murdock. But yeah, It was so lovely and it was nice to see. That suit was just, I loved it. And I thought they were going to go full yellow mm-hmm. yellow suit and they didn't. And it was really nicely matched. Um, I thought he felt more comic style, mm-hmm. Matt. And I loved seeing that. And I've had a few people message on Instagram saying that they felt that they'd lost what it, what they built from the Netflix one. And all I could say to that is, I couldn't give a shit. <laughs> it was fun. That's that's what Daredevil well, exactly. is and Broden, But in that type of comic or that type of entertainment, it's good. And he's just, like I say, going around shagging all the superheroes, which, again, good on him. Go, off, exactly. go for it, Matt. Exactly. <laughs> Just... No, I oh, Michaela She-Hulk, it's so good. I think you would actually like it. Mm. I think you would. It's cool. It's funny. Stop um... forcing stuff on your sister. <laughs> <laughs> I stopped doing that a long time ago. <laughs> and it's right. grand. trying to behave himself now. <laughs> I'm trying nothing. I'm just waiting my turn. Yeah, he's, he's biding his time. He knows I'm going to fuck up somewhere. <laughs> I always do when Grant's on. It can't be helped. Right. Are we going to get into the nitty gritty of this? Am I going to do the disclaimer? Oh, that, that was famously said on the BBC. Oh, that's what I said to my mum. And I was like, <laughs> and let me disclaimer on the BBC. It's always going to be mentioned now that it was on the BBC. <laughs> my mum was just getting you grip to that pet. <laughs> Right, so everything discussed in tonight's episode is our opinions and our opinions alone. If you would like to discuss anything from tonight's episode, please come and join us in the Facebook group where we can have an open discussion. What we won't have is anyone coming for us and telling us our opinions are wrong. We can all agree to disagree in fandom, so let's keep it fun, keep it kind, and keep the toxic behaviour out of nerdism. Yes, well well said, very well said. I think that's an important message to have, especially in these days with... A lot of, like, say, negative and, like, say, quite different opinions, shall we say, when a lot of media now is coming out and there's a lot of dicks online and it's just getting annoyed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yes, to put it plainly, uh, people can get fucked. Um, 
But yes, this episode is going to be a bit different to our normal, as we said. And normally we do talk about things we love, things we actually uh, like enjoy and like what we like normally talk is like our top fives and stuff. I don't think that's really fitting with the subject matter for this episode with the, the class of serial killers. We're not going to talk about our favourite serial killers. That That's just poor bad taste and I would never bring ourselves to do that. But I think what we did find interesting what we were going to discuss was kind of like the serial killer boom that's kind of gone on that that's kind of hit right now and um like how we feel about it and why do we think that it's happening the way it has and like say people's thoughts on it and if they've got any reasons like why they're engaged with it as well as anything that they've enjoyed um that's the kind of discussion we were hoping like say to to, to have um, so we won't be doing like say the normal jovial like say uh, this is why we love this this is why we love yeah. that <laughs> I don't think that would be quite right and um, no. would, wouldn't be very respectful for a lot of re- reasons but I am interested in the subject I am interested in the topic and I think you can get a lot of different opinions a lot of people don't even have to agree I, I don't think all four of us are going to agree on much on these type of subjects as well but I think it's a conversation that needs to be had at different times. And I think it's important mm-hmm. that people are still having these type of discussions because if you don't, nothing really gets learned and nothing really changes. Yeah, I totally agree. And I, I, I think the rise now, not so much in it, when we did the last one documentary is like the boom in serial killer documentaries was kind of dwindling down a bit. Um, and now it seems to be that the boom in serial killer programs is coming mm-hmm. out, like life stories on programs, especially with the Dharma one that's just come out. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that now talk, there's another one that there's been talks about, and I can't think off the top of my head what it was, but there's just, it's just... <laughs> How far is too far? <laughs> it's yeah. it's one of it's that's the that's the the point that I think we're getting to right now. There's a lot. I think everyone's always going to be have that type of interest. I think we talked about this during the true crime episode. It's all about the macabre. It's all about like the dark and seedy. Everyone wants to know to get to the bottom of why people do these things or and stuff like that. It's it's never going to be something that we're ever going to know truly to the to the realms of because we're like hopefully we're not psychotic or we're not in like going to go out and start butchering people touch wood um <laughs> but it like say we are drawn to like that kind of dark element and people it does always get a gain a, a kind of an interest and as much as people like it can be bad taste there's some very good ones as well that are done aware it shows mistakes or like from the perspective of the victims families or from how the police officers handled the case and mm-hmm. like what mistakes we made them <clears throat> i do find more entertaining than just the glorified <clears throat> like the one that came yeah. out not too long ago what was it the 10 buddy one with him out of high school <gasps> musical oh my god which was just Fail. uh kind of uncomfortable and let's see but film and and reality always do go hand in hand at times. Like there's elements in horror films that do take big strides from a lot of horror films. Like if we didn't have like the Ed Gein case, we wouldn't have like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Silence of the Lambs and, and, and stuff like that, that were inspired by them elements. So again, I can see why people 
like <clears throat> can go to it. But the, like say the Jeffrey Dahmer one that you've just mentioned, I think that's the more more most relevant that people like say now have seen because it only came out Netflix what two weeks ago. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. Has everyone watched it? Like nope. that's no. been on. No. Nope. Grant, have you watched it or? I've watched it in bits and bobs, mate. But I've you know I've been reading about the Dom case since I was in, so there wasn't really anything on there I was going to see that I didn't already know. Um, tried, but just keep kind of flitting in and out of episodes and mm-hmm. being able to pick it up, knowing what's going on. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? It's... Yeah, because it's a story that's been told a million times before. There is a, there is at least five films that is out there that is all about Jeffrey Dahmer. Je- Jeremy Renner played Jeffrey Dahmer. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's been done so many times and now it's getting to the point where Ryan Murphy's getting his hands on him generally I thought Ryan Murphy would have changed it flipped it and made it out that Jeffrey Dahmer wasn't innocent all along like I generally thought that's how it would go because that's what Murphy does he he takes stories and flips them and sensationalizes them and I'm pinching that word from Charlotte who just (laughs) said it in the chat because I totally agree with that he completely sensationalizes things in history to make them look Nice and shiny and bright and oh look at and oh I've mm. I've totally like had a U turn on how I feel about that man. I did like it's one of them shows that I've watched and I like I say I watched it all the way through. I can't say I enjoyed it. I watched it just out of like the curiosity and like say the Evan Peters' performance, which again we shouldn't really be getting excited for because that's the problem is we're getting these big actors or these actors playing these monsters and portraying them with saying, oh, didn't he do well? It was the same with uh, David Tennant um, during yeah. lockdown, like, say, his performance. Like, say, as good as performance is, but how true and how accurate do we need it to be or do we want it to be as well? Yeah. Um, um, can I just stop you there a second? I think my sister has frozen because she has not moved in a few seconds and she has now gone. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, her face does not permanently look like that. (laughs) No, no doubt. She'll come back in. (laughs) See what happens. Because I was waiting for Michaela to pipe up about Murphy, like, because I know how she feels about Ryan Murphy. And I was waiting for it, and I was like, where's she gone? (laughs) But yes, um, we'll wait till see if she joins us again. But the. The one with, like, say, the the Jeffrey Dahmer one, because we've watched, like, me and me, my wife, Nicole, we watched the Jeffrey Dahmer tapes. It was on the crime show not too long ago. And, uh, like, say, the actual interviews with the actors and everything was, as I said, portrayed accurate. The only things that I kind of, like I said, that we did we need was, like, the conversations he was had with these victims we never know what was actually said in them circumstances. They had to be just dramatised and brought up. And that mustn't be nice for not just us, but imagine what the victims' families must be going through. Yeah. I know, Because like, they're not going to get paid for that. They no. wouldn't be making anything from that. So no. they're just going to be watching and reliving basically what they went through that was that's something that is quite recent as well, and I think a lot of people do forget that when it comes to these type of, um, like say big big shows and stuff when they are advertised and so if that 
people have to relive and go through these aspects. So that that's always like say always on the back of my mind or things I I do overthink about and it's it's always like say quite because I think the victims as well do get forgetting about quite a lot when it comes to these type of yeah shows and elements. But the one that like say again the kind of flipped it and changed things around was when they done the Yorkshire River one on and was it ITV or BBC? BBC. 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 And I know my Michaela's on our way back and I know she will have some opinions on this because I think that was the turning point for Michaela when it came down to these programmes. And you are right. I think people do forget that these families are still alive today. Mm-hmm. They have to sit, especially the courtroom scenes. You, you know, you can go and look at them on YouTube. They are there for you to watch. And to know that they are there is bad enough. But having an actress come on and reliving that moment of mm-hmm. pain and suffering when they are doing them victim statements is horrendous. And I think that's where I kind of drew the line and went, I don't think I can watch this. Mm-hmm. I generally don't think I can watch these. Type. I love a documentary. Mm-hmm. I think documentaries are informative. The criminal mind is definitely something that is fascinating. Um, but why do we have to see it like, Mm-hmm. play it out but then again i liked um oh my gosh what was it called the um boy big boy in blue boy blue who about um the hi there <laughs> is she back <laughs> <laughs> looks like we've got her back but i don't know if we've got a volume back <laughs> hi hi you looked Sorry. a lot more clearer <laughs> Sorry, right. I'm not making any more Myra Hidley jokes. Sorry, <laughs> oh, we're gonna be so sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> we'll not talk about your Dharma glasses. No, I'm joking. <laughs> but yeah, um, because I think what well, I, I know Grant's been patiently sitting through, uh, like say my little monologue there. Like, uh, what's your viewpoint, and like say, how do you view these type of aspects there? I mean, it's always um, when it comes to dramatization as to where you're going to draw the line between um, the true events and artistic kind of freedom, like creative freedom with it to be able to kind of go and add the little bits for the sake of drama. And it, it, it often happens when we take anything and put it on film, regardless of whether it's true events or book adaptations or whatever it might be, there's always going to be something that gets kind of chucked in there by the writer just because they think it might sound a little bit more engaging. Um, mm-hmm. The serial killer medium has kind of done this <laughs> well sometimes, but sometimes it's, I think, been really, really disrespectful. Which is that from a cinematic perspective, I enjoyed the Bundy movie that came out. It was about 10 years ago now. Um, but from actually breaking it down against the story of what Ted Bundy did, I thought it was absolutely appalling because they changed so much about what Bundy had done and the dynamics of his victims and the circumstances with which these things happened um, to the point where there was it was only Bundy in the name of the main character. Um, and from what you were saying about the, the disrespect towards the victims and that kind of stuff, those kinds of things, you know, they really are a gut punch to anybody that was involved and still alive. Mm-hmm. Um, like I say, there's, it depends on your writer, it depends on your director, it depends on 
everything they've, they've done in both ends of that spectrum quite badly or goodly mm-hmm. well whatever you know what i mean mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no I, I totally get it and it's, it's always like an interesting view because you're always going to get the two sides of the coin where people say that you shouldn't forget like what had happened which again i totally do see that point but like it's when the profiteering and making things out for entertainment purposes that it can like say border on like say when you hear about the the documentaries and and stuff and as i said the the bbc one about the yorkshire ripper when it went on about the police investigation and how they have completely fucked up and was treating like because they didn't look into it properly personally because because the, these women didn't matter because they saw them as prostitutes and they were lesser beings and showing the the absolute fucked hard i'm sorry i'm getting losing my shit here uh how the police operated and and treat these women it, it it infuriates you and them are the lessons that should never be forgotten and should never we should always take away from yeah. that this guy would have probably been caught a lot lot sooner if they'd just done their fucking jobs properly and but not think they treat like these women as lesser beings yeah but the scary thing is still happens mm. today it still mm-hmm. goes on today where the police just can't where if a, a killer targets a set a, a group like you've got gays blacks prostitutes if they're targeting them the police will generally just leave them alone and they mm-hmm. can get away with it like Dharma mm-hmm. did exactly the same thing and um, mm-hmm. I absolutely adored the BBC Yorkshire Ripper documentary I think Michaela was told us to watch it um, and I was, was so infuriated by it the, the it wasn't just the fact the way they were portraying the women that were forgetting that these women were fucking struggling mm-hmm. like they, they weren't doing they weren't being prostitutes for the sake of it they, they, there was a reason behind they were fucking on their ass. There was no help out there for them, and they needed to feed a fucking family. I, mm. oh, I hated how that came across. I know Michaela felt the same. Well, I don't know what Michaela's yeah, doing. Definitely, but again, um, this is why I have my hearers, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, this mm. is my biggest issue with the whole with the whole issue of it is the how the women are portrayed. And yes, I know it's not always women, especially with the Dharma. And mm. we're saying there they needed to survive in that. They weren't prostitutes. No. They oh, weren't. Were they not? None of no. them were prostitutes. No. They like to go out and have a like, go out and party or like needed a break from the kids. They were just not <laughs> well, that's they got that one wrong. <laughs> that, but that's but that's the issue, isn't it? Because mm. as much as you can say well, mm-hmm. it's a dramatization, and you can pick your best bits in that. Then that is always known. The mm-hmm. women who do Yorkshire Ripper mm-hmm. killed were prostitutes. The women who Jack the Ripper killed were prostitutes. Very doubtful that the word. And these women actually had stories and families and backgrounds, and mm-hmm. they are just literally put there to be a victim. And that's mm-hmm. it. Nothing more, nothing else. And, you know, the Ted Bundy thing, the reason I have an issue with them doing their. Um, Tell that tell my story over and over again. It's like not not that these women were better or worse than anybody, but they they were going to college, they were going to change the world, they were going to be they have families, they were going to have these incredible lives, and he just took it away like that, and no one gives like it's all oh but wasn't he handsome? 
No, yeah. he was not handsome. <laughs> and, and a big thing I hate, it's like, oh, well, you know, we're going to tell the nitty gritty stories of this. You never have Zach Efron shagging a corpse, do you? Because he did do that. You know, mm-hmm. you've got to pick and choose when there's going to mm-hmm. be the nitty gritty of it. And it's like, why don't you tell the real story? Because what he did was absolutely disgusting. Mm-hmm. But you want to pick the, the sexy bit. Don't yeah. you? Totally to make it sound, <laughs> it, dri- it dries as insane. And I love true crime. I have a real hard problem, and probably is going to say things I contradict. Another thing I'm going to say, but I just think it's time, especially with the actors and the the um, the dramatizations of it. Just stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I will, and I will give examples of good ones. There are some really good ones mm-hmm. out there. Um, but they like it, you stop getting your sexy superstar people to play the most heinous because what's happening now is it's going on TikTok and people are going and I know this is just a certain amount of um, individuals and I'll stop me rant in a minute but they they'll be like well he wasn't that bad this is about Jeffrey Dahmer well not bad he like he would like kill them first and then do fucked up things so they didn't know it was happening. Is he really cute? And I'm like, this has got to stop. This is disgusting. Mm-hmm. That is bad. You form a really bad relationship. With you. <laughs> like, it's just yeah. really bizarre. I saw I saw one on TikTok where it was like Jeffrey, no Ted Bundy in the streets, Jeffrey Dahmer in the sheets. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> oh my god! Like, it, oh, it, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's terrible though. Like, it's yeah. awful. And I know that, that so Lee mentioned in the chat there that, you know, these families don't go out their way to watch something that's been, you know, dramatized of their life, but mm-hmm. it doesn't half get like shipped around on the likes of TikTok and Instagram and Twitter. Like, it's, it's there for them to see that it's still present. Like, they can never, move forward from it and I do get what he means I just mm. it's plastered all like TikTok for a week after Jeffrey Dahmer came out was literally mm-hmm. just all about Jeffrey Dahmer either it was clips from actually the real court case or clips from the show it was still there mm-hmm. to see all the time Grant was I looks like Grant was going to ch- churn in with something well, was I agree quite wholeheartedly with most of what Michaela said there, but there's one bit about um, the casting of Zac Efron that I would really, really disagree with in the fact that he was supposed to be there to play a handsome, charming Bundy because it's based on Bundy's girlfriend at the time at which he was arrested. But Mm -hmm. um, it's very Mm -hmm. much from her perspective of having to deal with a guy that she was kind of idolizing and very much in love with. And I think in that sense, they actually got Zac Efron right because how um, I can't, I can never pronounce a second name, Clopper, the the girlfriend's surname, Elizabeth, her name was, she, she did idolize Bundy. She thought that he was going to be like a, a knight in shining armor. He's called, she calls the book, the Phantom Prince. Um, mm-hmm. Sorry, like I don't want to kind of go off on one. I'll kind of be shouting you down, but just in, mm-hmm. with that element of it, I thought they did very, mm-hmm. very well um, with getting uh, Zach Efron in there. Not because they were trying to glorify Bundy, but they were trying to do justice to how mm-hmm. Bundy from the the point of yeah, view. Yeah, so of the novel it's like that's her that's her interpretation. Her, her interpretation of him is mm-hmm. this. I, I, I totally yeah. totally get that. You know, she was 
uh, I think he's handsome, I think he's charming, I think wonderful. You know, she was the epitome of the person that thought that of Bundy because she still, was still in love with him at the time that he was arrested. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, like I say, that's I that's why. No, no, that's why this this type of element is like. See, you're always going to get the different viewpoints and people's mm-hmm. like different things. That's why it is always going to be interesting, and everyone's going to have a different opinion. I'm not saying that our opinion is is right. God no. Um, it's just like getting a little bit hard to stomach with everything now because um, like all the things that they are releasing now, we're getting the John Wayne Gacy tapes, the Charlie Manson tapes, the uh, like where the, the 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 scouring through like recordings of recordings and the making these TV shows uh, and normally like it's a three or four episodes on a tape that he said about four sentences are and it's nothing different but they're going back and rehashing this information like the the one I tried watching not too long ago was um the son of Sam one the son of Sam mm-hmm. the cult of and, and, it, and it just went off on this tangent about weird and stuff that had nothing to do with the son of Sam to the third episode where it just think and you can yeah. you think about you like what is this shit? Yeah. The, yeah. If you but, if you don't know about the likes of David Berkowitz, you're mm. gonna take that shit seriously. Yeah. And it, yeah, it's it's not that deep. Yeah, it's not. It really <laughs> is not when it, no, <laughs> not when it comes to David Berkowitz, but they do span that shit out. But like see on the opposite side of things, they've done some quite interesting ones like uh, the Night Stalker one they did not too long ago but where it was from the perspective of the investigating police officers yeah. and it showed the investigation how they went through and what like the lengths and everything that they didn't like the effects it had on their family like investigating such a case mm-hmm. and and it was done in a way that you thought Again, this is new information this is not glorifying in it this is just basically finding out like the process and again like we all i'm not going to say we're not like we're horrified because we all are interested in these type of aspects some more than others like fair enough i know they do these things in like say all around the northeast now where um where they do serial killer talks where you can get like a professor that do like, like almost like a a lecture on the minds and different types of serial killers and how like say there's the sexual pervert ones there's the the thrill seeker ones and stuff like that um i haven't been i know my wife's been i I think you've been have you sam you went to one or did you not go no i didn't go because i generally thought i'd be i'd know more than them (laughs) i was like that's how my brain was working like no i haven't been um but i do want to go back to the um the ted bundy tapes just for a second Mm-hmm. Did they use the one where he talked to the priest, or was it a different? Because I know he did a lot of interviews because he, he he loved to talk shit. But was it the priest ones that they did? I can't remember off the top of my head with that. If one. it was the priest ones, he took them for a fucking ride. He <laughs> said everything that they wanted to hear about, uh, they blaming it all on the devil and shit like that. And it was porn. He, a pawn, that was it, Paul. He literally, every, they planted the seed and he just went, I'm going to mm. run with this. And he, he pretty much had their life on that yeah. on them interviews. And I didn't know if they'd use them and use them as actual gospel because he talked so much shit in mm. them tapes. But then, as, as I said, with all the different type of TV shows, there was a, a Charlotte's just point one out in the chat, one I, I did actually love was the mind under one but it wasn't about the serial killers it was about the fbi and the start of the profiling and how they would like categorize the serial killers and 
how they yeah. went to to the penitentiary. Um, like I've gotten the the name of the like John the main. Douglas. I know the it's name judged. of the guy who, uh, like the main serial killer who, like, oh, kind of Ed it. Kemba. Ed Kemba, yeah, and he was just Kemba. literally tem- terrifying in the show. He's but... such a fascinating creature, though. Mm-hmm. He's got like the highest, one of the highest IQs. Um, he's he quite fr- quite openly will say, "Do not let me out of prison. I will do this again." Um, Mindhunter. Oh, read the book. Read John Douglas's book. It is a massive. Let me pat, pat myself. Yeah, let me pat myself on the back, John Douglas. You did a good job. You did all this by yourself. When he completely misses out the fact that he had such a massive team behind him. Kemper is somebody who um the, the scene where Kemper stands up and he shits himself. That mm-hmm. that did that did happen. Um what I really despised about that show is the um the BTK. Dennis Rader I hate Dennis Rader so much and they had that theme going through the middle of it and John Douglas had nothing to do with Dennis Rader and I was I just and I did not understand why they had that running theme of him running through it I just didn't get it because they wanted a big bad and that that was the whole thing it wasn't really going to be that wasn't going to be the like the be all but like I said again this is a dramatized show oh I know I know I just could they not have picked anyone else? Dennis Ritter is an absolute dickhead. Well, he's one of the, but but as you said, it is one of the biggest serial killers in America that nearly got away with it as well. That that's the thing because yeah, I think it goes I, deeper with Ritter. Mm-hmm. Ritter's um, so nasty. He bucked the trend as well, didn't he? You know everything that they thought knew about serial killers. They they had Ritter's profile completely off, yeah. didn't they? Yeah. Um, they thought he was like they literally profiled him as the polar opposite of what he was, and he did just stop. Mm-hmm. Raider only made himself known because, well, God only knows why he made himself known. Because it's not he's... like he went back on a spree; he no. engaged with them and they caught him because he yeah. was so narcissistic. He mm-hmm. named himself, mm-hmm. so he named himself BTK, and um, that... and because but... they got it wrong, that's yeah. why he started to communicate, and that's what was his downfall. But then Grant's just answered your question: Why were they using them in that program? Because, as I said, it's a dramatization where they were going through the profiling of serial killers. No, I understand so, that. So, so if it was seen because it got cut off at season two, I know it was being cancelled. But they said the end game was the BTK killer. That probably would have disproven everything that they've been working uh, for. So right, that makes sense. That's the idea I, I kind never- of got. Never got why he was running the running main theme through it. I was like, there's so many more people that John Douglas has encountered and they used him. And it's probably just my distasteful hate for the man that I hated the idea that he was running, like he was there. Well, let's be honest, you're not meant to like these people. So if you like, if, if you said you liked any of these, <laughs> that's these, true. These that's true. About, I'd, just... be, I'd, be, I'd be questioning your sanity even more that's than I normally true. do. So... <laughs> No, that's true, and I get, I totally get that. I just, it's just him. <laughs> I think there's things like um, that mine hunter, and I know there was an episode in American Horror Story with the hotel. Oh god, where they had um, like a serial killer dinner party, and it, I just think it's really distasteful. I like, I think it can be done well. I think mm-hmm. something like Monster, the mm-hmm. perfect example of doing of something that is done well of a. Of of a even though I would sometimes say I didn't want to isn't a serial killer but that's just my opinion <laughs> and um, it's that like 
Mm. Oh, this is it's that like defying role, and and it just I don't it was a it was a bad taste in my mouth of like that like like the whole the Dharma thing as this is the most recent one and a good one to reference. I think he like bulked up for that. Like it seemed like he got really. I have not seen all of the all of it because I really I just did not find it to watch. But yeah. I've seen scenes where he's like got his top off and everyone's like wow, which is fine because Peter, what's his name? Evans Peters is a yeah is a very um, attractive man. But yeah. when it's related to Dharma and like mm-hmm. sexualizing the serial killer, that just leaves a really bad taste. And it's like. And I know it was a TV show, but it's like, oh, we'll get, they'll get awards for this. Like um, Dominic West played Fred West. Fred, Fred West and then got an award and she got an award. I, I can't remember the actress's name. Emily... But, and it's like... I can't think of her name, sorry. I know it's who like she is. It's like this defining... And I don't know, there's just something that leaves a little bad taste because mm-hmm. it's like I really got into their heads. And I think we're giving too much credit. They were just horrible people. As we figured it out, it, they're not, they weren't like amazing, and that's how they got away with it. No, it's because they were either killing women who no one cared about, killing gay men who no one cared about, you know, mm-hmm. um, killing the minorities like, type thing. Yeah, yeah, killing the people who they don't like that. The police were like, oh, right, whatever. Like, mm-hmm. don't give well, a like, shit. like a, like yeah, a big if, thing. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Paul. No, that's fine. It's just I agree totally with what you're saying. And again, that's like where they did get away with it because police inevitably or police, um, like say, like either homophobic, racist, like the, the took like the Dharma case. It actually did happen where he took the young boy back in the house because he said it was his boyfriend and he didn't want to deal with any gay gay shit. That that's basically the word that the cops used. And he said afterwards, and they to get washed after, and that's on file. That. Um, like say on an actual recording that the, that was set, said, which is horrific. Sorry, yeah. I'm just correcting something that Kelly listened to our last podcast on the list. Kelly, that was not true. Myra Hindley and Rose West did not have a relationship with each other in prison. And our last podcast on the left put it on their last episode, but that it did. They weren't in prison long enough with each other for that to happen. I just want. I was just I was typing. Sorry, <laughs> so I thought it was easier saying it. Apparently, she did have a thing with Baby P, fam. Though wasn't that a thing? Yes. <laughs> yeah. How? How do we know that? <laughs> um, but that's uh, like say, when, scoop. <laughs> but, but during the information that you were saying, though, Michaela, there because that's the thing. What? Because I was trying to look into this as well. Because there's lots of different definitions of like say like different kinds of killers and stuff. But to be called a serial killer, it's not really that much you have uh, i know it sounds horrible but it's not really that much you have to do to be have that definition it's basically all all it says is people who th- you've killed three or more people which if, to me it always seems like it had to be more to be classed as a like kind of like a serial killer um which again it's kind of like a glamorous title for like say these type of people but i always think the american ones do always like they always like kind of like the the glossy and shiny things to them and always try and big them up almost like they are out of like a horror movie type thing where the British ones it's always like quite dirty and seedy and yeah. it's just like 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 nasty and type thing as Sam's just not even listening it's just listening to the listening? chat no no I am listening I'm sorry I'm just making yeah. sure I, I haven't upset Kelly that's all <laughs> I am um, I, I completely agree because maybe mm-hmm. it's like a budget thing or something but I think like um 
ITV do really good really dramatizations. Nice. I think the I think the great like uh, they did a Stephen Lawrence one, which was brilliant, <laughs> which was more about the the police and the and his mom. Mm-hmm. And the one that I really wanted to talk about was Four Lives. I think Four Lives what came out this year, which was about and I, I cannot remember the any of the names, but it was the grinder killer who killed four gay men. Oh, over the I have not it seen it. Stephen, no, it was Stephen Merchant who yes. played. But he wasn't the main main guy. Mm-hmm. He was there because obviously he was in the story, but it was about the parents. Mm-hmm. And it was just done so well. Great acting. Very simple. You know, like I think with obviously America have bigger budgets, you know, Netflix. Mm-hmm. And it's always going to look and quote unquote better. But I just thought how they told that story. And the thing is, we I think serial killers are kind of always saying there's something in the past. That yeah. happened like a couple of years ago, and the yeah. same thing happened. They did not want to touch it because it was about gay men. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to lay their hands on it. They didn't want to think, um, because what was happening and how they were, the the thought they were dying on, um, oh, like just I can't remember what kind of drug it was, but they were like it was a a party, party gay drug kind of thing, mm-hmm. and it was just like this is absolutely bullshit. And they just yeah. didn't want to. They just didn't want to go there because they were gay. Yeah, that was that happened in the last what? I don't even think it was like five years. It wasn't that long ago. I have heard about that one. Then they really they did. Oh God, I think it's called Little Boy Blue. Mm-hmm. I might be saying it wrong, and I do apologize. Um, it was all about the little boy who got shot in Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it was it was all to do with. Obviously, the kid he got shot. They showed that part, but it was really on the investigation and the shit that the police had to do in order to to cut. And I love that side of it where you are seeing either the rights and wrongs of how mm-hmm. it was done, especially Stephen Lawrence. That was that was a hard one to watch. Well, what his mom had to go through was absolutely horrific, and still, what parents are having to go through today. Yeah. If we're not talking, like if we like stay away a little bit from the dramatization side of things mm-hmm. and actually talk about like like the true life stories and stuff like that and how like the press kind of like portrays them and stuff. Mm. I know um, from I'd say when I was younger and like used to hear all the stories and like anything that used to happen like it, like anything nasty like the, the things that they used to plaster on the the newspapers and stuff were just. Adherent, like say the stuff when Howard Shipman came out and stuff was just like it was it was ghoulish at the best of times. Um, but I, like say, remember talking to my mom about like when I was younger because like say you hear all the stories like you can get taught the different things. Um, I know like I wasn't ob- like obsessed to wrong word. I was interested in the murders, murders, and I would try and find it like read information, um, and hear about like Ian Brady and Myra Hindley and things like that and the crimes they committed I think it was because it was towards children it kind of had a deep like a different effect on me and it like scared us a little bit more and I used to I talk to my mum about it and I was like like is any of these type of things like actually scared you when you were like a young girl and stuff like that she, she said she, the only time she actually got scared was during uh, the Yorkshire Ripper when uh, they started um, thinking he was from the northeast as well mm-hmm. like say uh, and like say the, the hoax tapes and stuff she said that was the only time that she generally did feel unsafe and she didn't go out on a night time because of it um so it, it did have that type of like resonant effect but was there any like like say cases that kind of had 
similar or like effects to use like when you were younger when you were growing up that like I'm not saying like took an interest but like yeah where you kind of like wanted to know more about if that makes sense uh-huh um just to I don't want to call it a fun fact but it is a fact my father-in-law was actually interviewed um when the Yorkshire River um investigation came up to the northeast because the assumed he was at the they thought he was a minor um and yeah my father-in-law was actually an interviewee Mm-hmm. Um, when that when happened, when that happened, and I was I was actually going to bring that up the last time we spoke about the Ripper, and I completely forgot about it. Um, I think he mentioned it actually. Um, but yeah, um, Nikki Allen is a massive one. Yeah, that is a huge one. That is a name that I will never ever forget. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a not so much. I was to explain t- what that is. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's a difficult one because that's one like I said because it's not classed as like a serial killer type of no uh, it's not. it was just a crime that happened and we still haven't got the resolution for unfortunately I think that's because it happened so close and we were same age as Nikki when that mm-hmm. happened as well so that would have been upsetting it was like a, a young girl that got killed in Sunland um like I say, Hendon Docks, wasn't it? I uh, think bonded, so. It was, it was where the bonded warehouse is now. Yeah, uh-huh. and it was like literally she walked from her, her mother and her grandmother lived like flats apart from each other. Mm-hmm. And she walked from one to the other and was never seen again. Mm-hmm. That was literally it. And it was the, it was terrifying at the time. It was what, the early 90s? Oh. Early nineties, and I think it was on Crime Watch, and like to have your like to have your hometown mm-hmm. on Crime Watch was like the, the program alone was terrifying enough. Then mm-hmm. to see Sunderland on there was even more terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that that stuck with us. That one, it still does stick with us. Um, because I don't think we'll ever find out. I don't think there's anyone being well, arrested uh, for it. Emma's just pointing out in the chat that someone's been arrested for it recently. Mm. But I don't know too much information about that. Not so me something... neither. What about you, Grant? Are you still there? Are you still here with us, Grant? Oh yeah, sorry, I am. But there was there was a there was a clip where uh, when Paul said spoke there, I didn't know who was from me and Michaela. Um, the one we home wouldn't actually end up being a serial killer. He was an intended serial killer. I went to college in Dighton and. The time I, that I was friend. in Colin Darlington, there was a guy surfaced called Dennis Harker. Right. Oh, shit, you guys have uh, frozen on me. You've frozen, on, you've frozen on us too, love. <laughs> <laughs> so we've lost a grant. We've lost a grant. Okay, we'll so... go to Michaela. <laughs> <laughs> Over to you. <laughs> um, Nothing really. I, the only thing I really remember the child was uh, Dublin. That mm. was a big, a big yeah. one. But, I'll talk about more recently is literally um, last year. And this is how I've kind of like changed me. I change constantly, but I did a project. Um, I, I'm an art curator and I do arty things. And I did a She's project. an artist. <laughs> I'm not an artist. I haven't got that much talent. <laughs> um, and I did a project last year all about femicide. And it was about femicide in the UK and Mexico. Uh, femicide is just the murder of, of women and learning more about how we treat victims mm-hmm. is kind of the thing that's kind of really put I don't know like just opened my eyes basically and I kind of knew a little bit about it but like 
so obviously was it last oh my god the last two years is such an absolute blur like I can't remember which which years which but when we were doing a project and in that project Sarah Everard died mm-hmm. and she got murdered and watching that being so focused on femicide and, and actually like living a story mm-hmm. and it wasn't really her like it was it was brutal mm-hmm. and horrible but ha- having that actually like live whilst you do in a pro- project about femicide because you you're so embedded into it and it wasn't her story it was other people's stories that never got the same attention mm-hmm. All right. so she still to this day her name is like it, um, what's it called when you <laughs> what's it called the tweet the tweet thing was when it's like trending that's the word trending <laughs> yeah. yeah and like his and Wayne cousins who met it trends all the time because things change it and anyway it was the sisters of, of Bieber Henry and Nicole Smallman and I apologize if I haven't said their names right they were murdered before Sarah Everard they got stabbed to death in a park on one of the birthdays mm-hmm. and they got left yes. there. The, I think the brother or the or the or one of the one of the partners found them there, mm-hmm. and um, when the police got there, they were taking pictures of them, mm-hmm. the, their dead their dead bodies, and joking and putting them around the WhatsApp group. Right. And it really just never got any of the attention it it should have got, mm-hmm. and it's just because them two women were black, right. Sarah Avrad was a white middle class you know beautiful woman mm. and i'm not i'm not saying we can't talk about white middle class beautiful women but that's just how the media portrays murders mm-hmm. and like that's why with when we were talking about reenactments and all this stuff it has to be really important because people get their history lessons from tv shows mm-hmm. yeah so when you talk even podcasts now though that's the thing yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I think you really do, as much as I, I get artistic differences, but then maybe do with Silence of the Lambs if you're going to do an artistic mm-hmm. interpretation of something. Because I honestly think it, it should be fact. Mm-hmm. And I know that's quite dull for some people, but people do take a lot from it. And if anyone's going to do something about Sarah Everard or that kind of thing, should really talk about all the other women mm-hmm. who have been completely forgotten about. And they were just one of them. I remember there was a case in Darlington that really like just hit my heart. Um, she went, her boyfriend went over, and I think he, oh, I can't really remember, but he wanted, um, I think it was something like he wanted to have sex with her, and she said no, and he just he killed her and got, and got five years in prison for murdering a woman for saying no. Yeah. And I could be getting my story a bit muddled up there because there's so bloody many of them and they're all <laughs> the same. And five years, five years for murdering someone. It's a joke. Our prison tariffs are an absolute joke. Our sentences but are ridiculous. This is why I think it's very important to have a lot more fact in entertainment because, yeah, I think these stories should be told, but mm-hmm. maybe it's with a little more... Um, Less gloss. Less gloss. Yeah, and empathy. Mm-hmm. That's. I think that's the key word that I think is missing from a lot of these different things now. It's all about the razzmatazz, and again, I can understand why I do it because it's all about like getting the views, getting getting the mm-hmm. money in, getting the looks. But that I, that's why I was like, I thought it would have been an interesting topic to talk about. If like, say, 
as this. But I always had that worry in the back of the mind that I didn't want to glorify it at the same time. That that's like I said was the key message I was trying to put us. But now Grant's back with us. I would love to hear Grant's yeah, I story. Hear, <laughs> I want to hear Grant's. Yeah, sorry guys. Um Michaela's already touched on the town as well. Um <clears throat> the one that kind of got me into the the kind of study of serial killer, so to speak, Richard Ramirez. Mm-hmm. Um, based very much on the fact that, I mean, you know, we're all around about the same age here. You know, Marilyn Manson came out when we were about 12, 13 year old. And whenever you read about him, it was all that, oh, well, they've got one name. It's a serial killer. Mm-hmm. And you start kind of going through all things and trying to find out who it was. And Ramirez fascinated me because for a long time, he blamed Highway to Help by ACC as the mm-hmm. reason why he did what he did. And yeah. I adore that album. It's one of my absolute happy place albums. So it was always like, what kind of mind is driven to such violence and such depravity by the same sounds that make me smile and down the street? Um, but then in my later teens, we got a case in Darlington um, by Dennis Harker, who murdered a girl called Julie Matthews and cut her into bits and ate bits of her. Um, and he was another one of these, like a stereotype of an unhinged metalhead. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, had Panteras, um, the first line, the chorus lines from Becoming, a mm-hmm. book with snake's eyes, becoming God's eyes tattooed around his head. Um, and he was intending to do more, um, because I went to college around there and knew people that were associating with him on, you know, a daily, if not hourly basis. There was all sorts of stories that came out in relation to what he was planning on doing. Um, but thankfully they caught him after his first victim and just kind of, it set about an interest in, because again, Pantera, I used to love them. You know, mm-hmm. so it was kind of how did the things that, I wouldn't say necessarily Pantera makes me happy, but it definitely is an upbeat music for me. And yeah, I get that. For these people to find such hatred and something that I found so much beauty in, always just stuck to me, just kept me digging into the psyches of these people. Yeah, yeah, I to- I totally get what you're saying. It's the same reason why um the West Memphis Three stuck with me. The fact that it was and, and I caught onto that quite early in the night, like quite no, sorry, late on in the nineties. Um and it was three three kids who listened to metal who get accused of the most heinous act in like in the world is killing three children. And the reasonings behind it is because the of the way that they look that you know and they dress no different that like i swear the t-shirts that they had i had like the metallica t-shirts and it, that that case still to this day still sticks with me because they're still fighting for their innocence but i think that's got a lot to do with people's perceptions as well like say people's perceptions still hasn't changed this year because a lot of people still look at like these type of killers and say well he didn't look like a serial killer he didn't act like a serial killer who who would like because everyone's got like mm-hmm. as you said as Grant said a definition of what a serial killer would look like and act and have to be looking at like listening to angry death music and uh, be covered in tattoos and just generally look unhinged but when you look at it like the world's worst people have been people that's been kicking about it could be your next door neighbor could be someone that's like that you went to school with and you thought, oh, that was really cool. Like not many people thought, well, Jeffrey Dahmer was a different case because he, like I say, he was a little bit more peculiar than the rest of them. But like the John Wayne Gacy's, he was like a 
a counsellor or like I said for his community or something like that yeah. where people used to go for him and he was um like I say one of the most sadistic person you'll ever meet. Um if like uh Harold Shipman was like say you look at him, he it looks like just an innocent old bloke that you, you wouldn't that you wouldn't be scared of and stuff like that. So it's <laughs> kind of disagree. Um but then, as I said, you get the like to the obvious ones, the ones that like people always go to, but he didn't actually kill anyone. Was like uh, Charlie Manson. I like say he killed by proxy. Like say the people who he, he was involved with wouldn't have done what they did if it wasn't for him and his teachings and his manipulation and stuff like that. But he didn't actually pick up anything or do any as he as he said. But he's probably one of the most renowned, and people always go to when you hear the word serial killer, you think Charlie, uh, Charles Manson. Yeah, it's always a difficult um, one to, to grasp there because it's yeah. down it's down to people's perceptions and what they deem as evil and as and as vile. Isn't because like say I've went to, like the, the borough in Sunderland, which had most of the like say if you looked around you probably saw the most the scum and villainy uh you'll ever see it, would have, it was a good star wars of run for its money for the people that was in there but you would never meet meet a nicer more caring bunch of people um uh, which again um if you walked in people would be terrified normally and that did happen you used to see people walk in the pub and walk straight back out yeah um, Manson does his hands are definitely clean when it comes to the Tate and Labianca murders, but he did kill somebody. Um, mm. But it's not; it, it's years before what happened. Then he that case is probably is is so interesting just because of the psyche of everyone and the oh, gosh how everyone lived at that time. Um, he's dead now, isn't he? Yeah. Very much. Yeah. <laughs> very much dead. <laughs> very much. I was just sure. <laughs> yeah. But um, like I said, that's when like I think he passed away, and that's when they start releasing all the like the Charlie Manson stuff again. Uh, he's like workings and his ramblings, and like, there was a guy that I think Louis Theroux even interviewed or something like that. That kind of. Oh, uh, this the whole like his bater- like grandparent, like his sons and grandchildren and shit like that. They're like wanting custody of his body, uh, like uh, something like that. I remember seeing something like that. Yeah, but it's just like a strange like thing, and you get like the complete opposite of type thing. Like, I said you get the people who were just like sick, like the Fred and Rose West that were just out for sexual glorification, Gosh. but then. Um, like say that Eileen Warner one, which is all which um, uh, Michaela did touch on, was always like say, uh, um, I always think if it was a man doing what she did, would she be a threat the same way, or would they be do- trying to would they've got the death penalty as quickly as as they had? Um, it was just because like say they had a woman killing men that they needed to put a stop to ensure. Like say, but again, that's just my opinion on that aspect as well. No, it's it's not far from it. Eileen's such a oh, I don't want to say special because what she did was not great, but she is someone who I, I mm. oh I don't want to even say feel sorry for. It's just the woman was ill. She was <laughs> mentally ill. She was had the worst upbringing that they mm. could possibly be. And um, mm. she was killed because of it was a vote. Ted um uh, Jed, what's his face? What's Bush. Bush, dead Bush needed the votes. So he said, Oh, we'll just we'll just shove her in the chair and that'll help. 
Um, it's just it's a sad case when it comes to it, and it's it's one that oh. I don't, I don't even know if I can say the right words for it. No, 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 no. Just to put in a point there, because you said something very, very interesting. And again, because me and Nicole had a conversation about it last night, I do think in certain aspects you can feel sorry for the people who's committed these acts, mm-hmm. but you can't feel sorry for the acts they're committed. There's a big difference there. Because, yeah. like I said, there's people, they've done what they did. You, you can't take that back. Mm-mm. But as I said, there's still mental health issues. There's still... Mm-hmm. Um, people that like say that went through when they were younger there's there's inexcusable people as well certainly like say beyond reason they can't ever say that like like you, you would ever wholeheartedly forgive the people who do but you can feel sorry for them and i think you can show that's the key word though that's why we're not serial killers because we've got their empathy yeah and, uh, it's such a hard one to put into words when it comes to eileen because yeah. i never want yeah. to forgive what she did because you mm-hmm. can't you can't forgive that part of it, but this mm-hmm. it's Eileen is so much more. It's it is deeper than mm-hmm. than the killing, if that makes sense. I yeah. have a, a, a sort of controversial <laughs> take on it. What you it, controversial <laughs> ever kill? Never. Now this doesn't mean I believe that this happened, but yeah. it could of a hundred percent from mm-hmm. the industry, from the person she was with, from a background, from some men. All them five people could have done something horrible. And you know how it's always like one person raped and then like it snapped and then mm-hmm. that's the that's the that's the narrative everyone holds to. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if every single one of them people did something to her or try to do something to her. Mm-hmm. And then she just was like, I'm not taking this shit anymore. I am not saying that's what happened. No. I am just saying this is why I have a hard one when it comes to Island One. It's not all female. Mm-hmm. serial killers and people who did horrible because there are some evil evil women out there too <laughs> just um it's just uh, there's something about her story her background mm-hmm. that and there are people where everything you do you get shit on mm-hmm. yeah. you have the worst life going and i just mm-hmm. feel like that was her and mm-hmm. maybe her take on the serial killer was it was more just like Mm-hmm. I'm sick of this shit. Yeah. yeah, I've like I've had I've had it. And there's a moment where she's with Nick Broomfield. Is, have I said that right, Kayla? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. Um, where he's she's she's ranting and raving because she is she all she wants to do is just get her execution date up in front of the you know up she wants she's done with it. And I think that's a lot of her. She's just done with it. And then when he drops the camera, the whole facade just drops, and it's like I have to do this, like. No one's going to believe anything I say anymore. I have to start ranting and raving because it's the only way I kind of get mm-hmm. things moving. And it was so, the, the programs with Nick Broomfield that don't get us wrong. There's a lot of things I don't like about Nick Broomfield. But what he did for Eileen, I thought was um, incredibly touching. He exploited that situation, though. Oh, to a degree, especially when he brought the second one out. The first one was enough. Um, but... It's. It was something that needed to be seen because the narrative that was told of Eileen was not cut and dry. It wasn't just straightforward like everyone thought. There was so much more to it. And he, in the first documentary he did, he really brought that forward. In the second one, I, yeah, I get yeah, what you mean. I, I think it's a complete bias on me. I, I, I am a woman. I am all sympathised with women and women's stories. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'm like down with all men. But I just think with with, with um with that one in particular, I think there's more 
maybe more nuance. I don't know. Maybe yeah. I'm I'm looking. Maybe it's me looking too much into it, and she just really wants to to kill these men. I I don't know. Yeah, but. it's 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 a weird one because as I think like uh, I don't know who said it a, a while back there. Um, people kind of think serial killers are in the past or like a, an old term. Uh, you, you you don't really hear too much about them Mm-mm. these days. I don't know if that's more to do with like it's harder to get away with murder or get away with these type of acts now. Is the better care for people in these type of situations where? Back then, there was not no one you could talk to about these urges or anything mm-hmm. like that. Or again, are, are people just getting better at hiding these type of situations? Because I, I do think that element would never go away. Because in 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 man or in any like like type of course, there's always that going to be an inherent aspect and stuff that that never will leave. Because there's always hate in the world. There's always mm-hmm. brutality, and there's there's not enough kindness in the world type thing um which again is a pretty bleak way to look at it but (laughs) it's just i don't like what like do you think like them aspects is it all the above or is it just like say are we just not are they just i said is the police or everything just getting better at not leaking this information publicly anymore i think they're still out there i just Mm. i think the i think media are very careful on what it is we see these days um but again i do think you're right i think it's too hard nowadays to get away with the the likes of what's happened in the past mm-hmm. ring doorbells are the future they capture everything <laughs> <laughs> you can't you can't if you walk past a ring doorbell you cannot escape like it's all it's all there like oh i don't know i'm finding it very hard to talk with in this one because it's because like, I don't want to say the wrong thing. <laughs> there's nothing. There's nothing wrong you can say. Don't worry. Like, say no one's gonna. You not can't say anything offensive. It's like say it's a, it is a sensitive subject we're talking about. But again, it's just like say how you feel, and like say how you feel is, is not a wrong thing about it. Yeah. It's just um, it's always like say I get interested about the, like how like things go on and stuff. I know they always make jokes about it and stuff like that. Like um, like recently in uh, the new Sandman TV show, that a serial killer convention where it's like as, yeah. as, as, as like a serial, like, like conflicts and stuff. And you had all these inherent people doing talks on how to get around it, how to exploit money from people <laughs> and stuff like that. Uh, and again, I wouldn't be surprised because the way America is, that that element isn't always there, and like I said, isn't that thing. But I think that's the difference. With because you said there, the media is careful. I think in the UK wise, mm-hmm. they are very careful in information they do give out, and when it does leak, it does get blown out. But you know, if you've been in America, what the media like is and everything, they have a have a wind and it's blown the wrong way, and it's like oh, this category nine hurricane and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, um, like everything's sensationalized to the blue degree, uh, where it, it makes you terrified to leave the house in, in America. I've, honestly, I've never seen news stories like it when when we were there. But um, I, think... I always remember I was with Caleb and we were watching an episode of Buffy, and an Amber Alert came on. I shit myself when an Amber Alert happens in America. It doesn't just cut through like um, road signs and shit like that. It goes through your telly. It goes through anything that has a live transition, like transmission. So you can, it, it literally is the police department giving you the Amber Alert. Mm-hmm. But we're trying to watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer. 
<laughs> it was fucking terrifying. I, I don't think this is an American thing, though. I think the sensationalise everything over here, too. Oh, but I think it's amplified over there compared to over here. We do it very, in a very British way. Like, we, if someone gets killed down south, you would hear about it. But if someone gets killed in the northeast, you'll hear it in the local echo. Nothing yeah. really, like, it doesn't really come out as, as, as much over here. Where if someone gets killed in America, it's like you hear it in every state that's going. Um, mm. Like, say, Jim Bob and, and uh, like, say, someone from down south. Uh, sorry to upset the American there. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, their news outlets are very different in that to ours, is what I think what you're trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> but what were you, Grant? Uh, I know you, like, see, you've always got an interesting viewpoint and stuff like this. Have we lost um, him? Uh, has he? <laughs> no, no. You know? Oh, yeah. Um, I think, oh, have I frozen again? You can hear we can hear you. Yeah. All right. Okay. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> sorry, what were we talking about again? That threw me off a little bit. Oh no! Just media. basically, like, see how like oh, serial media. killers would would basically get about today and stuff like that, and how, like, say, uh, why um, why do we if if no, they are about do we not hear about them? I definitely think something said for it being a little more difficult now. We live in a world where everybody has a camera on them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Every mobile phone has GPS, um, and the you know the frighteningly quick advance that we've had in the last sort of 20, 30 years with regards to technology and the forensics and all that kind of thing. I do think we're seeing maybe not so much a case of, how can I put it? I think the prowling ground probably got bigger. You know what I mean? You know, as, as the world has gotten smaller with technology, it's not a case of somebody going and killing around a city you know, Los Angeles or, you know, Denver, like Bundy did or something like that. you got people that will go and kill somebody in Los Angeles and then go and kill somebody in New York and then go and kill somebody in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, if they are still operating on that level of compulsion to murder, that they've spread themselves a lot further than they ever have before. And mm-hmm. that is going to be di- very, very difficult to find, especially if it goes worldwide, you know what I mean? Mm. Crazy mm-hmm. on holiday and just murders somebody, and, and you know, jets off to Australia and does it over there, and then jets over to South America and does it over there. You're never going to find that person ever. No, no, I think we, uh, I think we are, are past the days of the serial killers that have been, you know, the likes of Bundy's and Dharma's. I don't think we are past. I hope we are past those days anyway. But probably get them in different ways now. It's more rather than doing it over time, it's probably like over a spree. So you mm. normally get these killers that like come out and they'll kill four or five people in a shooting or um or like say in a bomb blast, because in a in a way they are still acting or causing as much damage just in a shorter space of time. I think that's probably the way we will get this information or like people there and the puppies will recategorize it in like say if someone kills one person but they kill them in a way that they can prove or not didn't we can never prove or they can probably say that this guy will keep going on if like if we ever let them out and stuff like that so the, again that would probably be the the recategorization if that makes makes sense Categor- categorization yes um uh, but 
again, it's still terrifying. Like, say, there's nothing more scary than human nature at times, I think. And I think that's where this becomes like the macabre subject as well. Because as much as we think it's adherent or despise it, we can't get enough of it at the same time. We'd still want that information with like, um, I think, like say the Dharma uh, thing is what came second to Stranger Things as the most really? strange, strange thing on Netflix, um, like say since its release, which wow. shows that the interest in it is not going to go away. No, it, it's still going to like say we're still going to get people that are thirsting for the information. Um, like I guess it's always been around like say we've always had books it's just a, a, and radio shows and now we're getting tv shows podcasts like just serial, more accessible. yeah serial killer podcasts and true crime podcasts or like say like because we missed a, 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 a boat doing a nerdy podcast we should have done yeah a, we should have done a serial killer one <laughs> uh, one of the biggest ones in the uk who win all of our all of the podcast awards uh red-handed Mm-hmm. They are um Alice I've literally just been listening to them before we came on. Um they are incredibly informative. They cover such a wide range. I don't know if Michaela likes them or not. Um no, not really. but I, I, I explain why though. <laughs> I do I enjoy um Saruti and Hannah. I find them incredibly informative. I feel like they do do the research. See, mm-hmm. I think they don't do their research. <laughs> they did a one about Jeremy Kyle. Um <laughs> about the, that guy who killed himself and they used one reference so it was the documentary. documentary yeah that was it that's not that's not research um the michael yeah. alleg um one i will give i will give michaela that they did not do their research on michael alleg they did not there is so, there's actually quite more than what you think that you mm-hmm. can go and look at on michael alleg um and they they i think they took one one mm-hmm. reference documentary and that was it just, yeah. just do another one. Just do two. <laughs> there was uh, someone's actually just said in the chat. I think it was David. I, I forgot. I didn't say his second name. Uh, Sunderland had. We did actually have a serial killer, the Stephen Grievous and murders. Uh, when I was a young lad living in Roker, um, it was actually quite scary because there was a few guy, a few lads that got uh, ki- like killed in the allotments near where I lived and burnt. Uh, he got. He was called the Sunderland Strangler. They did a. Um, I guess you know that murder town show on crime. They did an episode about it as well, but uh, I knew the Graveson family. It was it was it was horrible at the time when I've like say all that. Co- yeah, uh, I remember it. Like, say, just come back just as he said uh, <laughs> like that message. It's it shot back. Yeah, so I remember that. Uh, it was a uh, killed them in a flat in Roger. Uh, Rogue, Ave- Rogue Avenue, right next to where oh. Kayla lives right now. <laughs> um, oh, she, she lives in the posh area. Don't worry. <laughs> someone, someone did also mention. I think it was Emma. Um, the lovely Emma mentioned Raoul Mort. Was he? Was he? He went on it. He went. He killed three people. Didn't he killed three people. Uh-huh. And also one. Actually, could you cast? Hang on. It was the. Did he kill? He didn't kill the girlfriend. The girlfriend survived. He killed her boyfriend. He He shot the police officer, but he died died. later, later. Because he died of suicide because of his... Yeah, uh, because of that. Because of the injuries. Um, But that was was an event. 
That was like all over Sky News. Still feel bad because that was comical at the end when Gaza came and like Gaza fishing, went... rod, uh, fishing rod and stuff. Um, like so I remember being on the SMB, like some message board, put like on the old forum post and uh, like say updates and saying like because when he'd been caught and like being cornered, we're like, oh, this is going to happen. Like, and then like someone posted saying Gaza's just turned up with a, a bucket of KFC. We were like, ah, oh, someone's taking the piss here. And didn't he have a fishing rod as well? He brought a fishing rod, four tinnies, and some chicken. Fucking hell. <laughs> yeah, he, t- he turned it in. But that was like, I remember me, my mum, my dad, and Anne sitting in front of the telly, glued to the whole thing. The village is actually where my dad's cousin lives now. <laughs> and apparently, according to my mum, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we were sitting glued to the telly, mm-hmm. watching that whole thing unfold. It was... It was crazy. Like that's that, that doesn't happen where we live. Like this happens over America. We don't see things like this. Yeah, but like I said, that just turned into a farce, though, as well. Like they were talking about a guy running around with a shotgun, and and we've got like people chasing after, like news reporters and stuff like that. And we were like sitting, like having Raoul Moore to watch to see what happened next and stuff like that. And it was, yeah. um, but yeah. That that's human nature for you as well. That's the sad times that that we are living in. Oh, but, absolutely. Can so. I can I just say because mm-hmm. um, I didn't answer about the new serial killer thing is I don't think it'll be, you know, like the boogeyman of a person. Mm-hmm. You know, like because as you said, technology and all this kind of stuff. But don't forget that there are things, as much as it might not be a serial killer, you know, mm-hmm. there are people who um go missing and get murdered and no one gives a shit about so there's a thing called missing and murdered um, indigenous women who get mm-hmm. murdered in canada usa latin america and they are literally dumped like mm-hmm. on the side and this has got more to do with um sex trafficking and and human trafficking and drugs and stuff like that but maybe like that is kind of the the new I don't want to say fascination because it's a horrible word but the new way we talk about serious like murders and mass murders mm-hmm. and things it's more about awareness and more about um letting like having more uh, information about these things happening because you don't hear about them mm-hmm. and yeah. maybe hopefully the positiveness of fascination about like the interest in this could be also be the interest of stopping it too so I think that could be a a positive like because tv shows and films are changing I don't think they're they're doing as much as I think they are but you know like the Dharma thing well they talk they do talk about the black black community they do talk about the gay community personally I wish that was the main focus and Dharma was the thing on the side Mm -hmm. you know like talking about like maybe it's a group of um gay black men who live in milwaukee and that's your focus and then why why has he gone missing and and also massive thing that happened back then was um uh, the aids epidemic was just kicking off and obviously men were going missing because they were literally dying and then Mm -hmm. obviously the like families just we don't talk about him anymore and that Mm -hmm. was another reason why he got away there's so many amazing historical things in these stories that's why I got away with it and I think it is changing there's more like that Yorkshire Files and Little Points in Dharma and they are changing but maybe it needs to be a bit more progressive 
2022. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I totally agree with you, though, that they could have. I didn't even think about the, the point of view, how it could have been done, as opposed to just Dharma and his and making him the vocal point. The point of view could have been from because he does have survivors and he does have neighbors around him who survived and who are still, you know, um, who had encounters with him. And yeah, that's I'd watch that. Yeah, I'd say that on the flip side as well, that still, I, I can't get my head around it, and it still happens today. You get the serial killer groupies. You get these these people that worship serial killers and send them letters and want them, like, like yeah. as I said, that, um, and they portrayed it a little bit in the Dharma show as well, where women were sending Dharma uh, like money and letters for him to draw women? pictures. Like, You're going up the wrong tree. I was going to say yeah. it. <laughs> no, but that's the thing. Women, but he was just like, say, drawing pictures of his hand and send them pictures of, a, of like, like sketches of, a, of his hand. But wow. he's like, and Ken, like I said, remember the Ted Bundy one? There was people yeah. outside of his jail that like, married one of them, didn't he? <laughs> I probably could have married 15. <laughs> yeah, but they were like, they were changing their hairstyles to mm. represent oh, his victims. No. Like, and, it, and actually, when it was happening, women were changing their hairstyles to get away from that that mm. actual profile and then going back to it when they seen what he looked like. How mm. fucked up is that, man? Come on. There's even adverts on TikTok for prisoners to be brought into. That's how far it goes. It's so disgusting. It's vile. Well, I was trying to finish on a positive note. <laughs> <laughs> I finished on a happy note, but now, like, I don't know. I am. Um, there's nothing much more to say, really. I guess, like you say, that like again, I, I get why this the the obsession. I don't know why there's such a blow up at the moment because, like incredibly over the last i would say three or four years it's went more massive on people i don't know if it is it just an accessible thing to get access to these information or is it just basically are we getting to the stage where these killers are passed away so they lose the rights to the information that's been held and like you know the freedom of information act and yeah. stuff gets released and stuff i don't know if more information's coming out that way I, I, again i I would love to know, like your point of your guys' point of view. Why do you think it's so big? And I know Grant's been very patient. Yeah, I, I'm, I was going to ask Grant. Like, I want like Grant to to give anything that he wanted to bring up in this episode because I know he's he really wanted to be a part of it. I think you nailed the, na- the head, like the nail on the head, right there. It is so accessible. Like mm-hmm. true crime is everywhere, and it just it get it's like gets people so. I don't know. It, it sends you down that rabbit hole. Whether or not you want to go down it or not, I mean, I go down many rabbit holes when it comes to serial killers, and I end up in all sorts of wrong places. And um, but it is just easily accessible. So I'm so sorry, Grant. I just wanted to say I agree with you. And um, <laughs> go for it. No, it's, it's absolutely fine, Sammy. Um, it, it to me, it is all about accessibility and the the need to understand. You know what I mean? More now than anything, we understand so much about human psychology and the causes behind these things. Um, you know, we've talked about a lot of very, very bad people here. Um, there's one kind of core value that I have in relation to all of these people and everything that they've done is I do not think a single one of these people was born evil. 
I think they are all a product of the upbringing of the society of the abuses and the neglects and obviously the flip side of that as well. Um, you know, people, there's so many different tiny little things that sculpt us into the people that we are, um, that society as a whole does have a thirst to understand what's happened, but the society that we also live in has a thirst to be entertained at all costs. So we've got two very, very polar opposite ends of the spectrum in those that are fascinated by the understanding and those that are fascinated by the, the glorification of these things. And not necessarily that being, you know, I'd be a hypocrite if I turned around and said that the glorification of um, crime and aggression and violence is something I was against because I sing in a metal band and that would be the most hypocritical statement I've ever come out with. I've never actually written about a real crime, but I have written about a lot of fictitious crimes mm -hmm. and taken enough to enough real circumstances to be able to muse into my own imagining, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, sorry, I kind of went off on one there. No, bit, go, you go off on one. In, you always got, sit you've patiently. You've got understanding on one side and entertainment in the middle. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, entertainment on the other side and in the middle is all of those people that are just kind of gray between it it might be entertaining enough for them or it might be factual enough for them but it's kind of creeping in from the edges of society mm -hmm. I don't think it's a bad thing that people are more aware of these things absolutely not especially as Michaela said on more than one occasion here from the purposes of women's <clears throat> safety and the safety of minorities and what have you um she mentioned Eileen one rose before and slightly more controversial than Michaela's. I think she had absolutely the right idea. I think if every time a woman is a victim of sexual violence, they get to go out and shoot five men, there'll be a sharp decline in the amount of fucking rapes that happen. And that would be a good thing to happen in the world. Um, yeah, sorry, I'll, I'll just end up fucking rambling. <laughs> Grant, I could listen to you ramble forever. You wait so patiently for everyone to talk. And I, that's why I was like, I need to know like, Grant's full feelings. Like, go for it, Grant, open up. <laughs> there's plenty of cases that have dragged me in and fascinated me but they've they've always been from the point of view of wanting to understand why that person did what they did mm -hmm. yeah. um it's, it's important to the west memphis three that you brought up there before i think was a prime example of where we went wrong in true crime, crime coverage over the late 90s and the early 2000s because with the best will in the world for those three boys because they were very very innocent the three kids that got murdered got forgotten yeah. in a 100%. slew of finger pointing yeah and you know we all saw paradise lost too where they all pointed <laughs> the finger at the biggest red herring ever and for a good decade mark byer's life was completely ruined because yeah. he was a big dumb eye-catching red and yeah. the kids names got forgotten everything got forgotten aside from Damien Eccles and Mark Byers and if we'd had the right focus then what's his name Terry Hobbs would probably be Terry getting Hobbs. stuff full of dick in prison like he fucking belongs be. um if the glorification wasn't there I totally 100% agree with you I think the first documentary was pivotal we needed that because if you don't have that yeah. documentary, we don't know any of this. And, you know, another another small state in America gets to put away three kids, three innocent kids, and we know fuck all about it. And life goes on. 
the second documentary. And this is the guy, the guy who did Joe Bergen, Bergenger. I don't know if I'm saying, I'm probably butchering his surname. He did the Ted Bundy movie. He did the Ted Bundy cases. He takes the narrative of what the first one was trying to show you and just and focuses it all on Mark Byers. They put the idea in the head. It was the it was the documentary makers who put the idea in the head of the police that it was Mark Byers. It was them who then put it into Damien's head, who was also blaming him at the same time. And it was it was a shit show. And it continued on to be a shit show. But the first one. That's the important one. If you ever want to watch anything about the West Memphis Three, actually don't watch them. Just watch West Memphis. There you go. A bit <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> if anybody's going to jump on Sammy's recommendation there, if you're squeamish, that throws the grotesque imagery at you from literally five seconds in. The yeah. credit sequence of the first Paradise Lock film is one of the most difficult things I've ever watched. It is heartbreaking. Totally, 100% agree. And it's also got Metallica singing on the background as well. It's Metallica song that's played. So I'm like, <laughs> so I'm like, okay, okay. And then you don't realise where you actually are and where you're heading into and then what you see. It is horrific the first few seconds if you're going to watch for the first Paradise Lost. Actually, I think they do it in the second Paradise Lost as well. Yeah, I think we you should really a big thing that people when we're watching these kind of things is take the dramatizations and documentaries at the same face. A documentary is not always there to give facts. It's to be mm-hmm. entertaining. It's not it's they want to give you the director's narrative. They do not want to t- tell you a spreadsheet of what's going on. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you're watching a Michael Moore documentary, you're watching a Michael Moore documentary it's his point of view. It's he, he he wants to show you what that person is. And he's at the front of the camera, so that's why he's more vil- visible. But remember that anybody who's behind that camera, they are telling that story. They're not telling the story of the actual facts. They are telling the story that you want to know. Things like the jinx, which is amazing and amazing. so entertaining. But that is edited to be that way. Yeah, It did not run that way. And I know that sounds like a bit stupid, but don't watch a documentary and think, that's fact because someone said that it is still manipulative it's still edited and it's still designed like say the, the, bit, the, the famous one during lockdown making a murderer yeah. like was viewed as, as one viewpoint and like i said and there were so many missing inaccuracies and stuff in that case um but again it's all to do with the filmmakers like said i think that's where we're a little bit lucky and the guys who watch us are a bit lucky because you do get honest opinions and like we don't claim to be saying anything as fact this is just our views and uh right or wrong (laughs) talking shit or not (laughs) i'm sorry i'm not laughing but we've just been talking recently about how americans distribute their news i have literally just getting a notification to say texas district attorney named san antonio officer who shot 17 year old in a parking lot literally just came through on my computer oh well that's how well we get news <laughs> that's from america <laughs> jesus <laughs> sammy's, sammy's got an interesting read later than i guess <laughs> i yes. could if we were talking about a certain case if we were a true crime podcast oh, exactly. and we were talking cases i can go off on one but i have found it very difficult to speak on this because i don't want to say the wrong thing I don't mm-hmm. want to upset anyone when it comes because we all have different opinions when it comes down to this certain topic. And mine could very much be different to anybody else's. But if we were talking a case, 
like just an individual case, I could literally just go off on one and just sprout all the knowledge that I seem to have gathered up in here. Um, but I can't sometimes put into words how I generally how do I generally feel about the topic because again I don't like upsetting people. <laughs> but let's say it's not an easy subject to talk about. It's not nice. As like I say, we're we're talking we made this because as I said, we're doing a Halloween like for October and there's nothing more scary than talking about actual events and things that can mm-hmm. happen. And these things do thing and that's why I thought it would be an interesting topic thing because you are going to get conflicting issues. Like say people, like say, um, like say not saying people are for serial killers, but then people have got different understandings. People have different empathy levels. Some people just say, kill the fuckers, lock them all away. But again, what would we learn if we did it? did stem type of aspects but again i love what michael has just said there i think that's a perfect way to end it as well is do your own research check out the information where you can don't take what you view on a dramatization or a documentary as fact and Mm -hmm. as everything that's going on because there will be people now that watch these documentaries or watch these dramatizations get that's what happened. That's what Jeffrey Dahmer was like. That's what Ted Bundy was like. That's how he spoke. This is the conversations we had. We've just got one person's viewpoint. There's so many different viewpoints out there. Go and understand it all. If, you, yeah. if you're that interested and you want to find out that information and you think, right, this could be something that you could be your bag, like how like movies and nerd things are our bag. That could be your bag. And, and again, there's nothing wrong with that. There's, I don't want anyone to go away and think, oh, I've got this interest. I feel bad for having this interest. No, That's God, not what we're no. saying at all. It's just basically... We bloody love it. That's why I'm talking about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it's, it's probably the one consistent thing that I've had an interest in since I was a kid. Like, mm-hmm. I, I've, it's never, ever left us. And I will always find something... I, I, listen, to, see, I listen to true crime podcasts every single day. <laughs> Every it's day. Just, We're there. You don't listen like, back to the Nerdy Up North podcast, Sam. I sat. do. <laughs> no, I do, because I like to see where I go wrong. <laughs> but I do I do listen to a lot of true crime. I do read a lot of true crime as well. Mm-hmm. It's just like whatever you love, like whatever cinema, whatever book, whatever, sometimes you want just things to be a bit better. And that's mm-hmm. it. That's fine. You can love something and then think, oh, this could be better. But yeah. But there's no shame in liking it. Serial killers and murderers and things like that. It's like a, it's like Star Wars franchise, Marvel franchise. It's a subgenre of of entertainment now. So who, so so who would you class as Star Wars? <laughs> no, we're not going to go into that. that <laughs> but yes, I think that's a nice way to end it. Like say, just to like say, say nobody's wrong. Just enjoy what you enjoy just don't be a serial killer don't go out and kill anyone <laughs> That's and if you do just don't mention our name yeah <laughs> when you say the voices tell you to say it was sammy's voice she told her it was because she didn't wear pants <laughs> oh my god <laughs> i do have a dog that's big enough to consume a human body just saying just saying what about this one so yes, that, that was our um like say forage into like our second episode in, into like say the crime type element mm-hmm. where I thought I wasn't gonna have much to say, but it turns out I'm quite opinionated on it. So that was quite interesting <laughs> to find out. Uh, but yes, um 
tomorrow we are doing a special episode, a special kind of test, shall we say, to see if it yeah. works. Um, so please join in. I know, like I say, with it being a Monday night, there'll be a lot of people, but we are going to be watching uh, Ghost Watch and we will be broadcasting the full thing uh, live. So Sammy will be watching it for the first time and see if Pipes can fuck her up. What? <laughs> yes, Pipes is going to get you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, I've never seen Ghost Watch. So uh, this is going to be fun. <laughs> yeah. It's going to probably be a lot of laughing. That's what I do when I get scared. I just laugh. <laughs> Oh, you won't get scared. It's it, it's aged not that well these days, but from the time, and we'll have the discussion on why we, it had such a big effect and, like say, the elements in it. So I think it'll be quite fun it'll to be break good. it it's down. Gonna be, it's going to be good. It's going to be fun. So check us out at 8 o'clock tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, 8 o'clock, yes. And I think Jake's joining us as well because he's going to try and work what? out how to get, get the sound to work. Jake wants to be involved and laugh at you getting scared. Jake! wants to join in on something that's spooky yes jake doesn't like spooky stuff but i think he's going to be entertained but uh thank you wow. michaela for returning and thank you grant as always thank you. yes so um what's it next week as well what's the next episode after next week oh, oh my god, god. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god my list is on my phone it, um it's either werewolves or trick oh. or treat trick or treat, trick or treat i think trick or treat yes Huh? Trick or treat. So we yes, we will. Get to talk about my little friend. Yes, talk about little Sammy. Oh, she took him out of the box. You kind I of give me shit. You're taking him out of the box. What did I say? Funko is exception to the rule. Harry's still in the box. But yes. Um. But yeah. Thank you, everyone. Same same bat time. Same bat channel. Dinner, everyone. Bye. Bye. I put my hands down yet. <laughs> Sorry. Just...